So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. This is all about 2001. This episode, I should say, it's named Halloween Horror Nights 11 and has the subtitle on the event guide of I See You, but more on that very soon. I am Matt. Joining me once again, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Quint. Hi. Now, this episode, it's uh, anyone that knows the history of 2001, and obviously everybody knows the event that happened around the time, right before Halloween Horror Nights in 2001, this is got kind of a what would have been as opposed to what actually happened history behind it. I've kind of struggled with my notes on how to present this, and should I do a, a special of what would have been in 2001? And with the information that's behind it and the speculation is mostly speculative uh, piecing together on my part based on the notes and whatnot I found, even though the notes are from uh, the, the original concept of the event, I decided not to and just point out where significant changes are. Now, the reason there's a significant change, if you haven't put two and two together, is because, of course, 2001 was the year of the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And, of course, the attempted attack, I think the plane that went down in Pennsylvania. It was not even a month before when Halloween Heart Nights was supposed to start, October 5th. So this caused a significant amount of changes in the year 2001. Yeah, I can imagine it would. And it kind of starts off with the catchphrase. Uh, it was, it is on the event guide. It's ICU. The letters ICU. It's a, what is that? Is that a, uh, um, it's a, it's a medical thing, right? No, uh, no, that is, that is. But the fact that they use the letters, it's like a oh, onomatopoeia. Uh, no, that's one that sounds like the, you say the sound and it sounds like it. I don't know. There's a, there's a literal ter- literary term for that. I don't know what it is. Didn't yeah. put that on my notes, but anyway, the letters I see you. And of course it's, it makes you think of intensive care unit or someone watching you S E E of course but there's also other marketing phrases and event phrases from that year one most significantly jack's back and there's also no more clowning around which kind of is a holdover from the original icon but also is referred to jack in some instances now whether or not that uh is just to incorporate the changes they made and help explain it. I, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, we'll get into that. There's a lot to get into this year. This is a big year for information. So here we go. Let's get with the the stats that we always start with, the dates. Like I said earlier, starts on October 5th, goes to 6th and 7th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, then jumps over to the 30th and 31st, and then spills over into November 2nd and 3rd. Um, 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th as well. Oh, I did. I jumped the line. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. 25th, 26th, 27th, and 28th. That's yeah. what I, that's what I get for actually trying to duplicate a calendar on here. I jumped right over a line. <laughs> uh, no, that's, the, that's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> 
uh, non-peak nights for the hours, I should say. The hours, non-peak nights, 7 to midnight, peak nights, 7 to 2 a.m. That's pretty standard. Gate admission, $46. That is definitely, I. that's an that's, increase, right? I've been saying that. by four bucks. Okay, yeah. I was like, I've been wrong <laughs> like the past four episodes. I say no, it's, it's, a, it's a significant increase. It's the same, and I'm wrong, And it's, but this time I was pretty sure it was an increase. Good, good. It's up okay. by four bucks, and I, you know, to me, that's not even a significant increase. It's just, that's even an acceptable increase. Sure. $4 for, yeah, yeah. you get, um... You get a lot this year now. Okay, you get a uh, five mazes, but we did have five mazes last year, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We did, but it's it's. I mean, what I mean is, like, it's not completely blowing out. Um, you know, your normal economic okay um increases, right? Yeah, you're right. It's not like a. I mean, a ten dollar would be a little uh hard to take from year to year. Yeah, I mean, well, nowadays it's not. But I'm ta- We're talking fourteen, fifteen years ago. Right. So, uh, event guide cover. This is where just th- this is one of the things that is left over from a lot of what we're going to talk about. It's a set of eyes. One is kind of clouded over. The left eye is clouded over. There's some scarring on this face. There's some green makeup above the eyes that is very re- reminiscent of mm-hmm. someone we've talked about before. And over the bridge of his nose and the side of his cheekbones is a metal mask. Well, this is. What was going to be the icon for the year? Yes. Yes. Uh, this was Eddie. We'll actually get into Eddie a little bit here. Let's we keep on with the stats real quick. I, as I said earlier, five mazes. Uh, the names were Pitch Black. These are the names. I know people know what the original names were, and we'll get to that. But the names at, at, for that actually ran that year, Pitch Black, Run, Scary Tales, Superstitions, and The Mummy Returns, The Curse Continues, Four shows, Nightmares on Parade, Dangerous Delusions, Boogeymen, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, of course, and Three Scare Zones, Midway of the Bazaar, Nightmare Alley, and The Unknown. And then I I did not, this might be a show, but it's more of a, uh, it was a, like a club area. There's a a dance area, music area, had a DJ playing, and it was called the Ooze Zone. So it's kind of got its own classification because this is an element that comes and goes. Okay. It was another feature for that year. So this is a... uh, I'm not even sure where to start on here, but we will talk... I mean, there's no way to talk about 2001 without talking about the changes they had to make, and they had to make in 23 days. That's the... That's crazy. That's the crazy part. So the first thing they changed was they had to change the icon and the icon had already started being used on the marketing circuit. And it's, it's the image we see the image I'm describing on the event guide, which you can look up. In fact, uh, HHNCrypt.com has a, a awesome scan of it. This was the same billboard that was up and down I four leading up to the event before everything changed. It's, it's really well done. The yep. stitching around the scars and stuff is just, it's cool. Um, that this I I think I said earlier. If I didn't say his name, his name was Eddie, and I don't want to say this. Eddie has a very storied history, uh, from stemming from having been cut this year and then attempting to reincorporate him years later. And I wouldn't say not successful, but not he's never been elevated to icon status again. So mm-hmm. everybody knows who he is. Who's a fan of Halloween Horror Nights. And they try to put him back in, but they don't put him in the spotlight the way he would have been as an icon. Right. So with that, for kind of the sake of brevity, I'm going to tell you just 
a little bit about Eddie, the character that would have been and how he does pertain to this year and maybe a little bit of what you would need to know going into 25 because it wouldn't surprise me or you will need to know for sure going into future episodes of our indexing episodes because he does show up again would not surprise me to find him in 25 so that's kind of what i'm doing i'm not doing a full profile eddie like we did with jack but i'm going to tell you what it was so that because it is significant that he was created but then had to be cut and so well thought of by the creative team as well as the fans that they did try to keep him around and in a sense succeeded because everyone does know who he is at this point. Right. So his first incarnation in his creation, his name was Eddie Sawyer. That is the origin of the the first uh, name given to the character for the icon. As they started making his story, the first change that they made to the character that relates to something we know is that this was actually going to be Jack the clown out of his makeup. And they ended up changing his character name to Eddie Schmidt. Okay. So the idea was Jack, the clown's makeup kind of kept the dark and brooding and murderous side of this person at bay. And now that the makeup is off, look out. Okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. That is pretty good. So they actually, tinkered with this idea a little bit and made a bigger change. And this is what would have been for 2011. The final version was, and what we were meant to see is that his name was actually Eddie Schmidt and, but he wasn't Jack Schmidt. He was actually Jack Schmidt's brother. Oh, okay. That's an interesting, it's a good twist. I think so. And he did have a backstory without getting into a huge amount of detail my notes here is that he was overly obsessed with slasher horror films in the 80s particularly ones involving chainsaws and he had set up a haunted house in the trailer park where he lived with his foster parents so a group of bullies a group of teens ended up setting fire to this haunted house not knowing that eddie was inside and he ended up being severely burned and disfigured he did survive this and kind of built his own uh, empires, just a lack of a better term I can find of built up his own community. I should say in the underground and ended up making his own business. It was a, a fun house called run, but not a fun house that <laughs> you and I would want to see. He set <laughs> it up. See. He set it up more as a game show event and anyone that entered had to survive being tortured and hunted by Eddie and his goons and Basically, the prize was, if you got out, you lived. Right. Okay. Now, Run, and we'll get into this when we get to the houses. This was, we were going to see this. Run was going to be the house that this story took place in. As okay. I mentioned earlier in the five houses, there was one called Run. Well, we kind of had an a opening ceremony that alluded to this, or maybe even opened this. And there's a transcript of it out there at hnmemories.tumblr.com for anyone that wants to read more details than I'm truncating here. And it was, it, it involved Eddie brutally dethroning Jack and taking his role as the HHN icon, which is really the origin of the catchphrase, no more clowning around. Uh. Now, I've seen some people talk about it, about Jack coming back and maybe being more serious and trying to put a more frightening aspect on it. But the no more clowning around was Eddie dethroning Jack. Cool. So the opening, this opening ceremony that, again, did not happen, I want to make that clear, is that there was a flatbed truck with a large, like, kid 
kid, children's building block on there with the letters J A C K, much like we we've, we've kind of talked about versions of this in Jack's backstory. Mm-hmm. Again, the twisted version of Pop Goes the Weasel, the with the wretched <laughs> noise and grinding <laughs> would play, and Jack would pop out. Well, as he popped out, some other music kind of interrupted him. Now I have it in the transcript that says "Rebel Rouser" by Dwayne Eddy, which is. It, it, I mean, that would work, but I, it, I, when I, as I was reading this transcript, I would think that by the time they got to the show, they might do something a little heavier, but maybe not. Who knows? Rebel Rouser could work, but it, yeah. but the point is, Eddie comes out. Jack asks who he is, and Eddie says he's his replacement, and a couple of Eddie's maniacs, his chainsaw maniacs, appear and grab Jack and string him up on a makeshift gallows that they set up on the flat on the flatbed. As they string jack up and his body goes limp right at the point that you think that's it jack springs back to life and he's like you need more than that to get rid of me freak is actually the line in the transcript so they do the maniacs take him down they hold him over the giant jack box with the top is open and they lower his head inside so you can't see this but you certainly get a sense of what's going on because Eddie turns eddie turns on his chainsaw and starts to run it where jack's head would be and blood will just spray everywhere so cool. then the rest of Jack's body goes limp, but Eddie manages to reach down on the box and pull Jack's head, severed head into the air. Well, just about when you think this is it, the mouse starts to move and he says, I'll be back and screaming and laughing. And Eddie throws the head back into the lid, shuts the trunk, and <laughs> he, he screams open for business. Pyro starts and the rest of his mani- chainsaw maniacs had already snuck in behind the audience watching all this fire up their chainsaws and that would have been the opening ceremony that would have been cool mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, this is and it's uh, it, this this story is written so well and i do encourage people to check it out again it's hnmemories.tumblr.com it's it's written out so well that it's 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 you can easily imagine what's going this, on this makes me hate terrorists even more now. <laughs> yeah exactly so yes obviously this was cut and in fact i don't know what the opening ceremony was if there was even one uh if there was it 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 now involved jack because luckily i mean this is as unfortunate was it that to make these changes there it was fortunate that they had jack he was well known they built his story he was definitely tied in with halloween hard night so it was not difficult to change the icon and still have it identifiable for what he was supposed to be representing so yeah i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to get my head around why they would be would be pulling back from eddie it was eddie just too violent and and bloody or well it's i think it's it's the uh the, okay here's a couple of theories i didn't put these in my notes but i'll say them and i'll, I'll tell you they are theories so anyone that that wants to point out that's not incorrect i want to make it clear these are theories i'm not saying this is what happened well first was the blood in fact we will get into well i'll tell you right now i can tell you this one thing they one huge change they made this year is there was no blood in any of the houses and in fact the blood house was going to be run and there was none anything else that needed blood was like green goop almost like slime from ghostbusters okay so blood was one the another theory i heard was that the mask on eddie when you see a full picture of his mask resembles disaster recovery workers at the world trade center like the the respirators they would wear hmm okay i'm not buying it but okay. I, I don't necessarily buy that either but i have seen that written somewhere now the argument on the other side 
of this, I completely agree with. A lot of people were actually, I don't want to say anyone was mad at Halloween Horror Nights. I think everyone understood why they made the change. But people did make the argument. It's like, this This is more now more than ever, we need to not think about what's really going on in the world. And Halloween Horror Nights is an opportunity for this group of people and new people that are experiencing it to do that. Please don't make the change. And people are... I wouldn't say mad or upset, just made that argument saying that they, they should have stuck with what they went to. Not even, I'm sure someone somewhere, some said, don't let the terrorists win and make these changes. Leave it as it is because we, we need this. And I, to an extent, I agree with that, but I, I can understand where these changes are coming from. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, again, I see both sides of that argument yes. and yep. I can completely understand where a business wants to take the safer route that's the thing you do have your hardcore fans that are not going to mind what you do but as much as 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 loyal as we are i certainly include myself in that unfortunately and this is a reality we aren't enough to make sure this happens next year so you have to pull in a large number of people that do outnumber us and hopefully they become part of the community and then spread the word to even more people. So you got a much larger demographic that you have to keep in mind that get much more and, easily offended than we would. Well, and the other thing is, is that, you know, from from a business perspective, it's like, you know, we can we can kind of play it safe this year. And yes, our, our loyal following is not going to be real happy, but we can we can pay that where, you know, we can pay them back next year. Right. Yes. Yep. And we can get them back in next year. We're going to lose. We may lose some forever, but that's that losing those few rather than getting, you know, keeping this thing going. It's an easy decision, really, when it, when you think about it that way. And I think in the history of this, as we're going to learn, we're just uh, we're just not going to get to it by 25. It's amazing how much this show has changed. But uh, in the history of it, one of the best properties that they do has come out of this change. So, I mean, we got something out of it that the, the community, by and large, loves. You always have the people that don't love it, and they always like to point out to us on Facebook they don't. So that's fine. <laughs> So which change are you talking about? Okay, that is what okay. I, I, I will get. Let me get to that right now because here's the other list of changes. Now the the shows and mazes, well, most of them were touched one way or another. But the biggest change was that Terrorland was changed to Scary Tales. Now, since this is the first appearance of Scary Tales, you don't know the long history of it, but it comes back two more times, if I remember right as a scare zone so it's a out of this was born a original ip that has a long history in halloween horror nights that a lot of people really really like including myself okay cool so and i'll tell you when we get to the houses i'll tell you what has changed between that and and in this case for the better cool festival of the dead parade changed in name uh, from festival of the dead to nightmares on parade but they didn't change any of the floats maybe if there was some blood which i don't remember there being on any of the other parade well the one i saw and uh this one and even having seen this parade i don't remember where there would be blood because it's a sure. it's a float so i don't think anything changed there uh, Scare Zone Nightmare Alley was originally called Slasher Alley. That's a big change in, in name and possibly in the amount of violence and decor. I don't have the exact notes, but I can see just in the name where changes would come from. Right. Uh, Dangerous Delusions used to be called Deadly Delusions, but it was a magic performer, so I don't think his show changed if at sure. much, if at all. The other big change was the Ooze Zone. 
was supposed to be Bloodbath Underground, and uh-huh. that was going to be more of a definitely blood themed thing. Now, what they had done, I don't sure if they changed the major element in this or not, because I don't know what the original was. But I, I think it was that part hasn't going to be changed, and that'll make more sense when we get the description and i'll point that out but that was a big name change bloodbath underground to ozone that's pretty big yeah um so one of the questions i have is where was this the the ozone i don't see it on the map okay that was over i think kong it says the kong venue area so not inside kong but in you know where that uh well, the mummy. The mummy used to be Kong. So where that paradise, uh, I'm sorry, paradise theater in that area there. Oh, like, okay. Kind of like that alcove. Yeah, not, yeah. Alcove is the right word. I'm not sure. You, know, you, you kind of, if you maybe you didn't notice. I know, if you don't I know look the for place it. you're. I know the place you're talking about yeah, now. It's kind of framed in like a stage without it being obviously a stage. Yeah. Yeah. That that thing. I don't know how else, else to describe it. You got lockers on the right. You got the paradise on the left. So that yep. that's the area where it was. Cool. I will. Well, let me do and so that I can kind of more focus on the house that did exist. Let me tell you, the biggest house that changed was Run. Okay. And then from there, we'll actually get into what did happen that year or what, what we did see that year. So, th- so this was Run. Now, this was supposed to be Eddie's backstory. This was going to be the, the part of his backstory I described where he had like a, a business slash game show, which basically was him <laughs> luring people in to this fun house and just attempting to kill them violently. And it was going to, it was going to be, and you would have loved this pretty much a chainsaw drill team house. God. Although they would have been in the slasher alley as well. Right. Of course. So this is going to be a very heavily, very violent, a very heavily themed with chainsaws, very violent, very bloody. This was no doubt. I I mean, having seen, uh, I think I saw three of the houses this year and, even with the ones I didn't see, there's there's no way I can even picture any other house having been the Blood House. Right. The game show theme feeling kind of remained, but the big change was that Eddie was completely pulled out. Like, not even, not even just taking off advertising. He was completely pulled out of the event. So it was, he didn't really have a finale. Got it. It was, they took all the blood off the walls. It kind of turned more into a mental assault game with the sounds of some chainsaws, lights, just the implied intensity of it. That's the thing, the implied of it. There was not much visual to it. And where where they couldn't get rid of the blood, it was green ooze placed over it or recolored if it was something that was flowing. So, and, and the, there was... As about anytime there was like red intense lights as well, they were also replaced the green from this house in this house and in the the whole area as well. So we kind of went from a blood themed event to this supernatural maybe themed yeah, event. Yeah. So those are the big changes, and maybe some will come to me as we go. But I wanted to get that out of the way before we get into it because I really didn't know how to present what was supposed to happen as opposed to what happened. So okay, without lamenting on the unfortunate event i mean it was it's a terrible event we all lived through it it was not it was yeah it it is what it is i don't need to recap that i did want to acknowledge it and the effect on this so now i kind of want to go past that and get into what we did see because we are indexing what did actually happen in halloween Night's histories all right 
So, as usual, we're going to start with the scare zones. Okay. So, Midway of the Bazaar. Um, this is back to being named Midway of the yeah. Bazaar. <laughs> yep. um, it's still in the Am- uh, Amity area. Um, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of change going on there this year. No, that was kind of back to what it was before. They took out the uh, Morose, obviously, and changed it back right. to the name. And the fact that they didn't have the clown themed midway that they had for Jack last year. This one was, was I, I can't remember having clowns, but I remember that it was more what we had seen be more of this. I don't want to say more of the same. That sounds negative, but that's, that's a descriptor I use in yeah. my notes. More and, and of what think, we're used to in the past. Yeah. And this, I, I think this was just, this has been one of those formulas that is working so well that they don't really need to tweak with it much anymore. Right. Um, all right, so stage fifty four hosted Nightmare Alley. Yeah, this was I. I remember this being confusing, and I, it'll make more sense here in a minute. I, I, it was inside. Oh, it's an inside scare zone. So it was we we walked into it not knowing if we were walking leading into a house. Or what we didn't know what was going on, so we're like thinking, "Oh, this is." We actually thought, and I say we because my wife and I went. Maybe I'm speaking for her, but I'll say me. I remember going into this, going, "Oh, this is really cool. We're leading into something. Right. Like we have this whole thing, and we're going to go into a really cool, super cool maze." Well, I remember walking around, going, "Well, where do you get in the maze?" And then now, at this point, instead of enjoying what I'm seeing, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and we end up leaving. And not realizing till well after what had happened, maybe not even that night, that this was an indoor scare zone. So it's like I went in going, oh, cool, something new, then being confused and almost lost and totally missing, maybe not the forest for the trees is the right term, but because of my mind went in one direction as opposed to what I was supposed to be experiencing, I ended up kind of overlooking all the details. Got it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that that's... I, I imagine that was a learning experience for mm-hmm. them as well. Yeah, because I can't tell you another indoor scare zones that uh, that I remember. Right. Um, uh, switching over to the Hollywood area, we have the unknown. Um, what? That's aptly named because I know nothing. <laughs> this is one of those ones I call a catch-all. It's like where, where they had must have theoretically had designs and whatnot that didn't fit into a house or any other scare zones, but were so well done. That's like, we'll put them into this and just call it whatever theme. We, just, we don't, we won't give the theme a name of the zone, a name so that we don't have a theme. We just put everything else here. And this was also, if I remember right, the obstacle, uh, scare zone. So not only did Got you it. have characters of any kind of, who knows what origin you also were on your toes because around every corner could be said character and you didn't know what to look for because you didn't quite know what it was going to be because it was this open theme. Got it. And it looks like this one was renamed as well, right? Cause I'm looking at the, um, the Oh yeah, there's the yeah. Original pamphlet and the original pamphlet, it was called the dead zone. Yes. Yes. So it looks like that was another renamed thing. Yep. All right. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds fun anyway. It sounds a little scattered, but um, you get to see some cool stuff. Right. All right. So into uh, the shows, we've got a whole bunch of shows <laughs> yeah. this year. Uh, we've got, um, again, let's start with the parade because we, we usually do. It's the Nightmares on Parade. Um, it follows the same parade route we were 
already we're starting to become familiar with now. So um, you mentioned earlier that this was the same as last year. Um, it was well. I don't. I didn't see the year before. It was mm. like I said from the ones I. The point I was making. The ones I had seen before. There was never really a bloody like <laughs> float, so they didn't have to change that to ooze. That I remember. Oh, got it. I remember going to parade. Now this was this was a year that Christie really went more to support everybody than to enjoy it. So we actually, and with that, and we ended up doing more this year than any other year. So um, I have to ask, and since we've, we've gone through some of the other years that you've, you've attended, um, were you at the uh, employee preview on 2001? Oh yeah, we were, we were, that was the main reason we had gone too. And this was a, yeah, this was a, this was pretty apart. Really? I think maybe the year following this might've been the, even bigger employee preview, but there's a reason for that, and we'll get into that. But this sure. was probably the biggest one I went to because everyone was there supporting the event. Got it. Okay, so so this was still on the employee preview stuff. Yes, good, yep, excellent. So, um, so then um, at the animal actor stage, we have dangerous delusions. Well, I did want to mention oh. something about the parade because I okay. actually had gone to it, and I do remember. I can't tell you details, but I have a pretty decent memory. Hopefully, I'm right. Because <laughs> sometimes my memory plays tricks <laughs> on me, but I remember the floats being kind. You could almost match it to a maze this year. Oh, like that float would have gone with well, scary tales at the time. Terrorland. This one would have gone with run, and there was I'm assuming some other things that didn't quite fit in there. But I, rem- I, I think I remember the mummy one. Maybe pitch black wasn't represented because we'll get to that house. And uh, interesting. But, so I think that if I remember right. And I hope I do. I remember the floats being, you could sit there and pinpoint what maze they represented. That's kind of cool, actually. That's a, um, that's something we hadn't had any other year, or at least I haven't heard right. about it any other yeah. year. Um, all right. Now we go to Animal Actors Stage, and that yes. was Dangerous Delusions, which was the magic show. We didn't go to that because that was a hired performer. It, Christy didn't really have the connect, the personal connection to this particular person. Sure. And now, neither did I, but I did look him up. I had, I thought I had his name here. Uh, his name was uh, uh, Franz um, Harari. That sounds good. You said it better than I would have. Um, and he he was actually pretty famous. He'd done uh, a bunch of stuff on concert tours for yes, Michael Jackson yes. and Alice Cooper and and all this stuff. And so I think it was like a, a really really um, like a, a, a light show sort of things like that. Um, and yeah, he he had a he looks like he's got a great resume. So yeah, I looked him up. That's that's right. That's what that's what that the connection was and I, I i looked them up and it's it's unfortunate this probably would have been a cool a cool show i don't i generally and i've said it before don't like that kind of that kind of show but then when but there are some that would catch my eye and this sounds like it would have but again there was specific intent to to support the people that she knew that were working hard especially for the past three weeks oh, I getting this together so we just that was like okay we that is i'm sorry has to set aside we need to go support these other projects yeah no and that's you know that's just something you've got to do right yep yep um especially when you're working in in an industry where you you really actually do like the people you work yeah with right yeah. you know they're, they're <laughs> creative people and you know bad things happen it's like you really need to support them yep all right so uh i'm gonna butcher this pantages theater mm-hmm. has the boogeyman this was cool this was a cool idea this uh, and was the film itself wasn't necessarily cool, but the idea was cool. There's a they there was like almost like a clip, a clip movie slash. Well, I wouldn't say documentary because you don't learn any behind the scenes, but it was like almost like a a best of horror from just 
all over the decades. You had Freddy and Jason, you had Frankenstein's monster, you just and everything in between. And they ran it on a continuous loop. So you could kind of go in and out the theater and watch as much as you wanted or not, or just pass through. Now, we just passed through because Christy had known the people had put this together. But it was really neat to have this kind of running thing where you could go inside, catch your breath, stay, you know, stay away from the scare zones and the characters, but still be part of the evening. That I thought was a neat idea. It's almost like a, a break, but a themed break to the event. That's, that sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. And yeah, I, I liked keep, I liked it. Yeah, keep you keep you in the keep you in the spirit of it, but you kind of get a little bit of a break and a you know, um, you get to watch a little bit of footage and just chill out for a little bit. Right, that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. All right, now back to or or on to one of the highlights of every Halloween horror nights at the wild at the Wild West stage where it always is is yep. Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween Adventure Ten. Yes, Bill and Ted. That is. This is the one I if I I think I referred to this a couple times as well maybe not the year but I've always said my favorite is yet to come and we'll get to it. This is the one that I so, hold all the others up to. Okay, so this is the favorite. This is my favorite. 24 was close. 24 is real close. In fact, the 24 had a stronger opening 10 minutes that may have beaten it, but this is still my favorite Bill and Dead of all time. So I will do my best to describe it. I've, I've trimmed it down a little, but I still want to set the picture best I can, but I could go on and on about this one. So All right. I'm going to try not to as much as I can. No promises, but starts with the pre-show and we have uh, an, the very first opening is a Christopher Walken impression, not not the usual Christopher Walken speech uh, or uh, performance impression, but his dance from the Fat Boy Slim Weapon of Choice video. I suppose that was that year. I really <laughs> Yeah, don't I remember the video. It was the clips were all over the place, but uh I guess that was that year. I don't know the song history enough to tell you what year, but it obviously was 2001. Sounds good to me. Uh followed with the kids from American Pie and the uh I wrote the horrors from Sex in the City. I guess that's probably just off the top of my head. So there's interaction between the American Pie kids and the Sex in the City women, and there's a bunch of euphemisms, puns, and then there is a lube joke where they ended up one of the I don't know which Sex in the, I couldn't tell you if you put a gun on my head who's who. One of the Sex in the City girls, ladies, whatever, gives Jim a uh, what she says is lube out of her purse, but ends up being crazy glue. So uh, of course, <laughs> so so did they at least. Like have the Sex in the City girls, and then have one of them just wearing like a horse head. I, you know, as I was saying this, that's kind of what I was like. That that because that would have worked really somewhat, good. What is it? I don't even know what it is, but there's like that horse mask that floats around and on like every other meme on everywhere mm-hmm. right now. I was like that would that would probably what they would do today. Because that's I mean, of course, South Park has already done that. I think. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably. Because they use her as a running gag all the time. <laughs> I have a friend that uh, goes to every convention down here, and he he always does the photo ops with the, with the celebrities. And I was scrolling through once, and you had like Patrick Stewart, Leonard Nimoy, someone from Walking Dead. And all of a sudden, I scrolled through, and he's standing next to a mule in in a field. Obviously, an unrelated picture, but I had to put the comment. I'm like, oh, Sarah, just Parker was at MegaCon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, not many likes on that comment, but. Okay, anyway, so that was the opening, and that was also the lead into the warning that we all know of, and then right when the warning was done, We Will Rock You starts, as it always does, 
This year, the lights go out and an announcer's voice comes over the speakers. And the announcer says, the fate of the world will be decided tonight in a place called Moulin Rouge. And Pink, Maya, Christina Aguilera, and Lil, Lil Kim, always have trouble with that one, come out and do their Lady Marmalade performance. So, okay, yeah, uh, the usual opening number. Sometimes it's a kind of more of a dance mix as we're used to, but this was a specific song with specific impersonators. But, you know, we're, we're used to that. That, that gets, gets the crowd going. Always works yep. well. Yep. So after the song is done, or actually, I should take it back. The song is actually interrupted by the sudden appearance of the time-traveling phone booth, and the doors open, and out step. Not Bill and Ted. Not Bill and Ted, but Jay and Silent Bob. Aha. Which, number one, <laughs> that alone <laughs> makes that- almost instantly makes this the best Bill and Ted show ever for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, big Kevin yeah. Smith, big early Kevin Smith man, fan, I should say. And certainly Jay and Silent Bob fan. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking like, you know, if, if you ever had to, if they ever lost the rights to uh, uh, Bill and Ted, Bill and <laughs> yes. Ted, Jay and Silent Bob would be a nice one to get, get the rights to and, and continue this. And I, re- you know, when I really think about this, I, I, my memory is that Jay and Silent Bob like held the show for like 25 minutes. But as I went through the notes, it's really much shorter than that. But that's just how much of an impact it had on. So you're absolutely right. that They could have held the show the whole night. And I mean, not that you wouldn't want Bill and Ted. Don't get me wrong. But sure. I'm just saying the characters are just so good in this situ- in this setting. It's, it's just another great pairing that worked really well that year. Cool. So they get out of the, of the phone booth, take a look around, check that they're, they're notice that they're not in front of the quick stop, which was great. <laughs> and tonight's villains quickly follow out of the phone booth. And they are the mummy, uh, the Emotep mummy. Mummy. It was either the second or third movie that year. That there was another mummy movie. Fade from Planet of the Apes, and this what looked really good. This makeup. This was the uh, Tim Roth bad guy from the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Gotcha. And the makeup was really awesome. Uh, and then Lord Farquaad. Farquaad. I always want to say fuckwad. I want to say fuckwad, but fuckwad from well, Shrek. That's the whole joke, right? <laughs> and if I remember, I don't know if this is this is an unfortunate combination of memories. Netflix had it may still have, but Netflix had the damn freaking Shrek musical on, and Christy oh. watched it, and I was too lazy to get up and leave the room. And the guy that played fuckwad performed it on his knees and i can't remember if the actor did in the bill and ted as well or if i'm combining the two i'm hoping they both did the same and i'm not combining the two because that is an unfortunate combination to make in my head <laughs> which is not the yeah. first statement time i've made that statement either no no yeah so well the villains assume that jay and silent bob are bill and ted because they have the phone booth and they are there because they have created a device called the populator which can retrieve any pop star from any point in time, and they're going to summon them to this arena, stage, whatever you want to call it, and they plan to rewrite pop culture history in favor of the villains. Hmm. So, I mean... So very similar to last year's uh, plot. Yeah, we get really thin on (laughs) plot details because it's you you really just got to find a hook to get all the good guys in a sense from pop culture of the year and bad guys to be at odds and there you go this year the I bad know, guys this one's really repetitive because last year was kidnapped was kidnapped right? exactly yeah i mean they were last year yeah the year before mr burns and his cohorts i forget all, who else was there were going to eliminate their 
the competition of the pop culture that they enjoyed. This is just, yeah, yeah. making it all for the bad guys. So, but yeah, I mean, I can't believe I'm defending the intricacies of a Bill and Ted show plot because, <laughs> you know, they've never been, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, no, and again, they don't need to be. They've not been no. complicated. You don't want to be complicated in the 30, really, really 30 minutes you have to do on stage. You just want to get all the well they say it them they've made the joke more than once all the dick and fart jokes and everything and the skin and glad yep. women on stage as quick as possible yep and i would not ever stop that no especially the scan and clad women. <laughs> yeah right that's like, i might yeah i didn't really want to say that but my brain wouldn't stop and my yeah. mouth just kept going i'll say it yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, before the bad guys can start their plan, the barn doors on, which I think it's on the left if I'm looking at the stage. I don't know if that's called stage left, but the barn doors, barn doors on the left open, and a car from the Fast and Furious screeches on stage. And now is that, I'm not sure if I made a joke because of the Fast and Furious announcement or if that is actually when that franchise started. Huh. I'm going to check that because either either I'm really surprised that it started or I'm equally surprised that I was that clever to make that joke. 2009. Oh, yeah. So started. it's been out for a couple of years at this point. No, it hasn't. No, this isn't 2011. This is year 11. Okay. That was me making a, uh, make it a stupid make joke. A joke. Okay. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I wish I knew what the actual damn car was now. So the, uh, okay. The driver and passenger jumps out and it, there's Bill and Ted. <laughs> All right, so they have a set of good guys with them, and this year the opening good guy act is El Woods from, or Ellie Woods, I should say, from Legally Blonde. Ari, I think that's how you say her name. It's the Helen. Uh, no, no, what's her name? Yeah, that's her name. Helen, Helen Bottom. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Tim oh, Burton's Hel- wife, Helena Bonham Carter. Thank you from Planet of the Apes, and the Gingerbread Man from Shrek, and and Shrek as well, which I believe he actually comes in from off stage because that's like too many people and too big of a costume for one car. Yeah, <laughs> there was another hero, and this one I remember clearly, and in retrospect is actually even funnier. Another hero that was attempting to come on stage, but he was a a spectacle wearing, scarf wielding, broomstick flying young man who overshot the stage and oh, fell cool. on top of the building facade <laughs> to awesome. the yep to the uh what was it to the oh man what how do what is that damn word i can't think of it but uh the opportunity for bill and ted to make a harry pothead joke now this obviously i mean i don't need to point this out but this is well before universal i think even started approaching jk rowling for any kind of relationship working relationship because there is no way in hell they would have made any harry potter joke if they were trying to woo her into the park and and there's no way in hell she ever saw this Uh, bingo that was my next statement yep so she obviously didn't see this i hope she doesn't listen to this podcast i got a real feeling there's not much danger in that no so i'm okay (laughs) reporting this Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Elliewood says she is representing Bill and Ted in the theft of the time-traveling phone booth. And right at that point, the villains attack. Ted, uh, Bill and Ted summon some more heroes to help out. And this time, they're in the form of Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Or La- Croft, I'm sorry, Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. The ambiguously gay duo, Ace and Gary. Charlton Heston from the original Planet of the Apes, which is a great <laughs> tie-in to the whole, I don't know if you even yeah. call, I guess it's a franchise would be the right word for that. 
And then Jay and Silent Bob change into Blunt Man and Chronic. Cool. The ones from if I if this my note says the ones from the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back movie, which was much like their comic book and action figure yeah. uh, costumes anyway. So it was the same thing. Uh, the villains leave in the phone booth. The ambiguously gay duo take a moment to explain how they are close friends, exactly like Bill and Ted, to which Bill and Ted don't quite <laughs> react the same way to the news. Bill pulls out the dial home device and dials star 69 to bring the phone booth home. But instead of the villains returning, Mr. T with a 1-800-COLLECT ad arrives. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, that is just wrongly awesome. That's when phones were still in in houses. Well, when phones were still in houses, and that's when Mister T was desperately seeking cash. <laughs> remember, this is. I remember this is like two trips ago when uh, we came out to see you guys, and we drank all night. Well, I mean that doesn't matter on the night, but one of the nights we drank <laughs> all night, and we're sitting in a Mexican restaurant in downtown Santa Cruz, and I'm staring up at the TV, and it's an infomercial, and like Mister Key. Mr. T kicks down the door and I was I stood at it for like 10 seconds. I looked at you and you're like, yeah, Mr. T just kicked down a door. I'm like, okay, it's, I'm still not drunk. That's good to know. <laughs> remember you remember that? Yeah. 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 I want to find that infomercial. <laughs> so after Mr. T's arrival, the uh, villains do make a reappearance via the phone booth with a couple more in tow. Hannibal Lecter for one. And I, I had to look this character's name up up uh it's the clear evil clear i call her the evil cleopatra looking villain from the mummy but her character name was ankh su namu namu nam no namum i'm not how, sure how to say it but i'm Unks, just going to from Unks. this point on call her the evil cleopatra looking villain ankh su namu ankh su namu yes okay Unks thank Unks you is that something from lore or they make that up for the movie I don't know if it's from Lore, but I know the movie too well because they're a guilty pleasure. You know, I've never seen any of those. Really? I really haven't. Oh, yeah, they I mean, are deliciously stupid. And it's not, I just haven't avoided them. It's just one of those things I never got around to. And it's like, I want to see, although you would you would never know it the way I talk about Harry Potter. I do like to see movies that have theme park attractions just so I can make that tie. But that's one I've never gotten to. So the first two are pretty good. The, the rest, just leave them alone. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. So the evil Cleopatra-looking villain fights the ambiguously gay duo, and they're defeated from a failed attempt from of taking her from behind. That joke is oh, actually made. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so Farquhar summons more help from their side with the use of the populator, and J-Lo and Christina Aguilera arrive. And they start a dance-off, but neither of them can outdo the other, but then they're both completely taken down by Ari from Planet of the Apes, which I remember that being like one a huge crowd rouser when the female ape, like just, you can imagine <laughs> the dancing she'd have to do to outdo those two. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. In fact, in the story, Thade gets so impressed and among other reactions grabs her and takes her off stage. So those two are now off. Uh, Lechner takes after runs after JLo. And I don't have this in my notes, but as I'm reading that line, I do remember right before he goes off stage, making the joke. Can you guess what the joke is? No, there's always room for JLo. Oh God. Oh, wow. Yep. 
Yeah, as we're getting close, further or less, or getting further or closer to the present, yeah, things are coming back to me, and I am glad that one came back to me. That's awesome, actually. Uh, so <laughs> Jim from American Pie comes back on stage, and he offers ambiguously gay duo some advice on women, and they go off stage to work on those techniques, and that's not a Wait, euphemism. What? No, that's. I'm sorry. Wait, what is offering the two gay dudes? Oh. Advice on women. Yes, it's just a, what do I want to say? It's a plot device to start clearing the stage. Yeah, I get it, but that's just like. (laughs) There there was definitely some jokes in there. I just can't tell you what they were because I don't remember. So uh, Sex and the City ladies are back and they're all fighting over Shrek and they take off. And then the stage, if I remember right, the stage empties and we get a single spotlight and it's on the weakest link host, Ann Robinson. Okay. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, as this this new facet to the story starts, it's in game show mode. So now everyone the stage is fully lit up, and they're on sides. Bad guys on one side, good guys on the other, and we start playing a version of the weakest link. And they start. She starts off with the bad guys, and Thade starts slamming through the questions because they're all about monkeys right off the bat. <laughs> I don't remember what they were, but I remember it being a stacked deck. But ultimately, when we get down to the wire towards the end of this game, there's one question that only Bill and Ted can answer, and it's when Ann Robinson says, what is the number I'm thinking of? And of course, the answer was 69. Dudes. Yep. So the show wraps up, but not without, and I remember this moment, I don't remember what he said, but there was a heartfelt and passionate plea from Silent Bob for everyone to get along and party, and I believe he's the one who gets to say be excellent to each other. I'm not sure if that's right, but it's. I, I'm hoping it is. And of nice. course, we get the music starting. The dance finale begins, and thus we have, in my opinion, one of the best Bill and Ted's to date. So I'm. I'm not sure I can rank you up on that. Well, not having seen it, obviously, right. but um, I think that you're biased in several reasons, and and not the least of which it actually had a game show in it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah so uh, i don't know man this last year was last year's gonna be tough to beat yeah i know i know I'm, there's nothing wrong I, it really it's at, where this one out does that one to me in my memory is the pacing that this one mm. remember how once once you got to the frozen jokes things just really started to roll last year yeah but i didn't i don't remember it taking that long to get to the frozen jokes. oh really no, I yeah. remember the first 10 minutes being really slow. Not bad, just slow. But then once huh. we got the Disney stuff, I mean, whenever you start fucking with Disney and Bill and Ted, I mean, things always liven up. Well, of course, I mean, that's not fair for me to say, actually, because the show opens making fun of Disney's magic bands. <laughs> but I still, I still, my, it's still my opinion that, um, that, that if, if there was just a little quicker pacing in the first 10 minutes 24 would be on top for me but this one to me was i like the characters i like the references it also helped that i saw just about everything that was paradised in this year as well sure and i'm a big early kevin smith fan and you're right the game show i mean I, this one was just it, it, it's always maybe this is this also could be the one where i just really finally got into what was going on and kind of got over the shell shock that is Halloween Horror Nights when you're first getting into the event. So that sure. could be too. This could be my real first connection with Bill and Ted. And like I said, uh, like you said, I mean, it is your opinion. Your opinion has been known to be wrong so many times in the past. Pretty so. much built an entire network over that. <laughs> <laughs> so right. something's going right with that, even though I'm constantly wrong. 
So let's get into the mazes. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the mummy because uh, if I recall, you did not go to the mummy. We didn't. That was a it was a sequel. It was a sequel to a maze in Halloween Horror Nights Nine, as well as a sequel to the film itself. And I do understand that this was focused a lot on the Temple of the Scorpion King, which resulted in in, in another franchise spinoff. Yeah, and uh, but we did not see that. We figured uh, we it's probably gonna have a lot of elements from the first one. Let's see the newer stuff. Sure, and this one actually looks like it probably had uh, was a pretty safe thing for them to do with with what they were doing because you know you can do mummies, you don't have to have blood, you don't have to have any of that kind of stuff, and you can even do based on the mummy movies, you can even have some comedic, you know, some comedy going on in. Yeah, it. yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I think that was probably a really safe house for them, and they didn't really have to, to do a lot of change. Right. right. Um, again, it was in the earthquake cube uh, location. Yes, correct. Um, all right. So let's go to superstitions. Superstitions. Um, yes. Okay. Students in the Nazerman's area. This one was. This was obviously the, the the name kind of describes it when you say it. It was a house. Or a maze based on superstitions. I mean, there was a a mirror a room that was dedicated to the broken mirrors idea. There was a black cat's room. The only thing I can't remember that sticks into my head as having happened was that there was a. This is this is this is going to sound weird. I went into this wondering if they'd have something dedicated to the superstition of the number thirteen. I wondered it so much that I can't remember. If they actually had it, or if I was, <laughs> if my imagination of what it would be was what happened, I'm afraid I can't remember for sure if there was a 13 room or not because of that. And I was like, I'm sitting here remembering them, and I'm like, well, I have images in my head, but they don't seem like anything that would fit in a maze. Or those my what I was wondering was going to happen or what? But it had dedication to, to the different superstitions, and this was one I was I was really curious to see. And 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 actually, in the end, when I had gone through it i was wondering how much can you do with superstitions are you actually going to walk under a ladder 50 times well no right they padded it out by adding some urban legends things to it as well oh well that's cool yeah so um the the drugs that you were doing that year did you save some <laughs> right i know yeah <laughs> um, um, unfortunately with my ailments from trying to do too many physical things of my age the ones i'm on now are actually better than those <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay you're not been sharing obviously <laughs> oh they'll be here in october all right so um we're gonna go over to soundstage 22 soundstage yes. 22 again was split uh between two um i want to start with pitch black i'm glad you started I with that yep. so many questions about this well go ahead and ask because the answer is so, always the same was it part of the movie no Ah, okay. Then all of my other questions have okay. evaporated <laughs> this was supposed to be a all other sensory experience other than sight, but it didn't work because everything was black. Everything was painted black. Everything was black, but you can't turn out the lights. So you're getting, you're seeing the structure. You're really taken out of the experience. The character, we've seen characters in black uh, in other houses or mazes uh -huh. and scare zones. That was what was in here. We had some strobe lights effects here and there and whatnot. And a lot of, uh, I'm trying to say uh, audio surprises or uh, mm -hmm. whatnot. This was this was one that worked on paper. I'm sure way better than it worked in in reality because because oh, of the fact that you couldn't make it. If it was pitch black, like literally pitch black, where you couldn't see anything, it probably would have worked more. But because you had to have that minimal 
sure. amount of safety lighting, you're like you could see things everywhere. It just was just did not work that's all that well. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. I yep. mean, I, I get it. You gotta you gotta try stuff, right? You do, you do, and that's it was something they tried, and I don't. I don't blame them at all for trying, and I mean it's it's still sure still better than the local mall's haunted house. So, oh well, yeah, of course. But uh, it's yeah, know. it just it just uh, the concept the, the, that's the frustrating thing. I'm sure from both a attendee and the creative and art team is that you certainly could see exactly what they wanted to do. They just weren't able to put it together with the constraints they do have, right? To get people to get thousands and thousands of people through in an hour. All right, so the other side of Soundstage 22 is Scary Tales. This was the one I was looking most forward to. This I really, really wanted to see what this was about. And really, interestingly, I didn't mention this earlier, and I, I may have either glossed over it or, or whatnot, but it was this is what Terrorland was. Right. And the idea of Terrorland was that this was going to be a theme park attraction within the park based on storybook characters that went haywire. Oh, this sounds pretty good, actually. Yes. So, but with the, they took the word terror out and they took the blood out. So they actually, I think, and this again, this is me speculating. I think they kind of focused what they could in three weeks into altering this into being kind of the showcase house. Even though Run was supposed to be the icon house, they ended up having to take a large amount of elements out, particularly the blood. I think they focused on making scary tales better than what they originally had because now they instead of it being a theme park you were walking in each house was a character specific land you had alice in wonderland but turned upside down and green gore you had the gore but it was green you had snow white she didn't live happily ever after you had pinocchio pinocchio was in like uh, he had (laughs) mental issues of not being a real boy and just went nate Nuts. So I think the force of change on this elevated this to something that it wouldn't have been. And they have done two sequels to this and all have been some of my absolute favorites. Cool. Uh, of of uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Whenever there's a scary tales, I I get excited about it. And there was, um, uh, I, I hope to, there's a rumor floating around that I won't get, I'm not going to share what, because the twist on it is like, uh, yeah, wha- huh? If it's right, and we find out this week, uh, uh, it's about to blow up to a new level for me. Sweet. This sounds, I mean, it's always, it's it's really, really good to hear uh, of good things coming out of uh, something. You're right. Yeah. You, you're, you know, when you have something that you have, you're taking things away and you're pulling things apart and you get something that actually worked really, really good that, that was a hit despite itself. Yep. That is always a good thing to hear. Yes. Uh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. All right. So what was supposed to be the headline house run? Yes. This is, um, again, in the earthquake area, uh, close to where the mummy is uh, or mummy was. So how did run actually turn out? It was. They now taking out of the. I don't, I'm going to describe it. You could see that, that, was, that was a weird thing. You could see where things elements were taken out out of this and it was probably like blood-stained walls that they couldn't cover up and do anything with and it just seemed it, it really had a feeling of unfitted unfinishedness to me even though it's the complete opposite it wasn't unfinished it was kind of being covered yeah so i really wanted to like this but most of the scares were 
came from noise and surprise more than terror. You did. I never. The best house, the best mazes for me, and what's a good one? Giggles and Gore is a good one. Um, Halloween's a good one. Is where you you build a level of anticipation the further you go in. That yeah. got lost in this. Oh yeah, I can see that. Happening. So we had the we had the um, the room to room. Your life was threatened by these people, but you didn't get the sense that they, this sounds fun. I don't mean to laugh. I really don't mean to laugh, but you get the sense that they weren't good at their job because there was no evidence that they were actually able to pull this off. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That, that just re- removing so many elements of, of violence and yep. gore just, just reduced it to almost a comical yes. sort of thing. And, and from the original, original treatment of the house that I'd read the, the final, the finale was, it was supposed to be your run in with Eddie. Well, obviously that was removed. So you kind of had sure. more of the same. That was the thing. That's what I remember most of it. It's like, I can't tell you specific rooms because it seemed like the same thing over and over again, which it really was because they had to take out so many elements. So you had your chainsaw, you had your knife wielding maniacs, you had your, well, maybe you didn't have the knife wielding maniacs with the nine 11 thing, but you had your maniacs, you had your, 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 uh, the people that jump out at you and they were relatively of the same themed, clothing and makeup and whatnot but it that was the thing it was it was the same you passed in each room wood barriers uh barrels chain leak fences again and again and again and you saw the same thing yeah. again and again and again and it's just it's just i mean it's the it's best of what they could do with the time they had and try to change everything this is just one thing of a dozen things they had to change and you know kudos for still being able to flesh out something uh, which is i wouldn't say the complete opposite of what they wanted but very different than what they wanted to do sure so um did the chainsaw drill team make an appearance this year yes they i do remember chainsaws because that i mean that that for sure and i want to say i mean i think you did have a couple chainsaws in this house but i really think that they were still in um and I might be wrong. I think they're in a scare zone. I think they were in the unknown because unless okay. they were in Nightmare Alley, but I don't think they were inside two places. I could be wrong. So anyone that remembers, please correct me. But I'm almost positive they had a presence. I don't think they even. I don't. I, I can't think of uh, anything that's going to keep the chainsaw drill team down. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I didn't think so either. But yeah, with with the amount of stuff that they did remove, it's. And uh, just such an unfortunate because they would have finally gotten their own icon. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it was a long time coming. I mean, Eddie, the, uh, and I don't know how much of this is urban legend. I don't think much of it is. Eddie was really supposed to be a new level to this event. It was like you had Jack. Jack was a great icon, great intro to the icon era. But Eddie, Eddie was supposed to just take it just, to a new level. I mean, this this is going to be real. I mean, supernatural clowns are one thing, but this is a guy who's crazy, who has a chainsaw and has people that want to be him yeah. chasing you. This is going to be at a new level of, of really a psychological terror to the whole yeah. event. Uh, as well as the chainsaws and the blood. Yeah, and the right. Yep. And the core and the, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last thing we need to cover is what the rides and attractions that were open that day. And this is actually a fairly long list and I'm, I can't help but think it was a long list simply to, Give, give people other things to do. Yeah. Um, Terminator 2 and 3D, uh, Back to the Future, the ride, Earthquake, the big one, Stage 54 again, uh, still kicking the fun yeah, right. world <laughs> of Hanna-Barbera, um, E.T. Adventure, 
the horror makeup show, uh, Beetlejuice's Graveyard Revi- uh, Review, Twister, Ride It Out, Jaws, and Men in Black, Alien Attack. Yep. So that's a that's a fairly long list. And that is, yeah. It's longer than I think we've seen before. Um, but you're getting your money's worth this year, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, you are. So... All right. I do have some information on 2000, a specific correction, which makes a whole lot of sense now. I didn't realize that. So first I will say, this is from Mike on Twitter pointing this out. I had said in 2000 that Kevin Nash was fighting The Rock. And it wasn't Kevin Nash. It was Sabretooth, which makes so much more sense than Kevin Nash. Oh, okay. And I will say our friend, uh, Sir Hogan Disney jumped to our defense and I appreciate it. And he did, he did, he gave a great reason why I would get the two confused. Now that was just, that was just, I appreciate that, but it, it, it Kevin, or uh, Kevin, uh, Sabretooth makes much more sense. And that, that is, I'm glad that was pointed out because I was scratching my head at the end of that episode saying, why was, why would Kevin Nash, well, I mean, I know, I know who Kevin Nash is. A lot of people know who Kevin Nash is, but there's no way Joe, Joe Schmo walking in Halloween Horror Nights right. on a whim with no Kevin Nash. That makes more sense. It was Sabretooth. And, and, and I mean, I guess I guess the, the reasoning that we had was just because they wanted the rock in. Yes. Kind of good enough. Yep, but it, it, we, it, pitted we were rest, still, it pitted wrestler against wrestler. Exactly. Yes. So we were still we were scratching our heads yep. on that one anyway. But <laughs> thank you guys for the yep. for the updates and for the info. Yep. That's always very well appreciated on our side. Yep. And another one, our anonymous anonymous picture supplier on Twitter. If you're on our Twitter feed and you see these retweets from uh, someone that uh, of the past Bill and Ted's, this is who this is from. I'm not going to say names. Well, I mean, if you're on Twitter, you saw the name. But you to, there you go. There's a reason to follow us on Twitter and get the answer to that question. But he said that not only was it Sabretooth, but he was also partnered up with Mystique during the fight. And he oh, had cool. a picture to prove it, which was really cool. Yeah, and I saw that. He also mentioned Storm was in the show. We had not mentioned that in our recap. I could have admit it, admitted that. I, again, I'm piecing together through memory and other notes, and then I do miss character details for sure. But the big thing was, and this was, I was like, ah, I, I do remember this now that he said that, was that it was not Big Mama from Big Mama's house, but it was it was Mama Clump. Makes much oh, more sense. Way more sense. Yes. I was like, ah. And it, as soon as he said that, I remembered a fart joke. And I was like, yep, that was Mama Clump. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. That's great. I, I've been appreciating our our Mysterious Benefactors updates quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, I sure have. So, uh, yeah, that is it. I wanted to get those out there because I was, uh, yeah, that, those were two important things. And uh, and and one one kicked uh kicked me right in the head and said oh yeah remember that joke you dumbass you left your ass out of it and you forgot about it in your notes <laughs> yeah all we've right. been getting some i i'm so glad that, that all of these pictures are coming up because yep. it's like now we're getting into some of the years where camcorders were more available yep. pictures were more available even some of them if some of them were terrible cell phone pictures but we're still getting we're getting a lot more media now um those first years there's just so few media and the fact that we were actually getting people that had scans of pictures and stuff absolutely cool. yep yes yeah i i really want to thank everybody that's interacted with us because this is a show this is a a passion piece for the network but it's it's quickly changed for quit and i that we right, not only did we want to do it but now well we always enjoyed doing it but it's it's become larger we were just going to index the years and now we're like realizing how much more to this there is including the community 
And I honestly didn't know. I mean, I know how I am with things I love. And if someone tries to roll in and doesn't quite know what they're talking about or taking it as seriously as I do can react. And it seems that people are picking up on our passion for it and uh, inviting us into the community and sharing information is the biggest part. So I really want to thank everybody that has taken the time to contact us, has sent us more information on things we've missed. And if you're listening and not sure if we are up to receiving that information yes absolutely we we certainly know we don't know everything about this event even the years that we go a lot of things we miss because there's so much to take in if there's something we've mentioned that you know about that you want to share please don't hesitate we will definitely even if we pass the year we'll talk about it again and i want to thank everyone that has and and certainly thank everybody that supported us in this which uh, project that i really didn't know where was going to go and it's it's exceeded my expectations Let's just put it this way. We don't know Jack. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're very conscious of the fact that we don't have our experiences. We don't have, um, you know, we're, we're barely starting to plumb the depths of Matt's uh, memories right now. And those are all already 15 years ago. So, yeah, the more information that we can get, the more photos we can get. It's it's all very, very welcome. Yep. And the corrections, again, are very welcome. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to sit there and argue with you about corrections. Like, <laughs> Oh, hell no. It's, I, and, and, and I hope that we've made it pretty clear the whole time that we're, we're very open to getting yeah. corrections. We're I, very open to getting new information. I don't want to say any other show. I don't talk about shows on our network. I, I don't want to even mention shows or names, but uh, I know uh, some sometimes you get an argument. You try to help somebody out and you get an argument out of it. That's not going to happen with Quint and I, so no. <laughs> please do. Oh, uh, yeah. So, okay, with that, I will say this has been, yeah, a lot to take in this this year. And so thank you for listening to this. If you have something to tell us, our contact information is following here, our Facebook page, Twitter account, and our website, of course. And I think, in fact, uh, this, let me, the, the release of this is kind of leading into the actual Halloween Horror Nights night. So now we are going to probably follow up this with maybe maybe one more kind of non-25 specific episode of what you may need to know going into 25. And after that, we're going to hit the ground running on event coverage from now to the end of October. So now things get exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is... Uh there's a lot of fun stuff coming up yep so uh, until then once again thanks for listening and we will see you in the next episode thank you for listening to the catacombs of halloween horror nights podcast the catacombs of halloween horror nights is a news as internet entertainment production for more great podcasts and original entertainment visit our website at newsaz.com. the catacombs of halloween horror nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by universal studios florida All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newsazpodcast, and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. 